That's the difference. That's the difference. On ABC Radio, it is time to head over to our Boston correspondent, Celeste Katz-Marston in the Bay State. Celeste, good morning. Good morning. Look, earlier on the program, we were talking about the big dig. Now, I know that ended a long time before you arrived in Boston, but why did it take so long to dig a tunnel, like 25 years or something? I think it was probably, you know, in, in a lot of these cases, it's usually mismanagement or maybe it's displacement of people or things that are uh, in the path of the tunnel. Uh, sometimes these infrastructure projects just drag on for a really long time. My personal one in my you know home where I'm from in New York is yeah. the Second Avenue subway, which oh. has been under construction <laughs> forever. But they did finally open it. Are they going to keep building it or what are they going to do? Yeah, they have parts of it open, but it's supposed to be, uh, you know, much more expansive, a lot of these transit projects. And it's just uh, wouldn't hold your breath. I never even got the chance to go on the the, uh, Second Avenue subway. And when will I ever get that chance to do it again, Celeste? Now, New York is starting to open up. What about Boston? Yeah, very much. We're seeing, uh, you know, sort of a different attitude. Pardon me. We're seeing a different attitude of people sort of very cautiously taking off their masks or being trying to be more comfortable not wearing their masks um, in public places, not everywhere, still trying to be careful wearing them in some stores and some indoor places. But it's a real culture change. And it's it's sort of an interesting psychological experiment, too. I personally have found it kind of hard sometimes to sort of accept the fact that it's supposed to be safe to do this now. And I think it's going to take a little longer for people to sort of fully let go of the way we've been living for a long time now. Yeah. Now, if there's anything more predictable, sadly, than gun massacres and violence in the United States, it's the reaction to them. There's always two reactions. One is from the gun lobby who says, now's not the time to talk about it. And yet they never get around to talking about it any other time either. And the other reaction from the people who want some sort of limits on guns is uh, let's take immediate action um, and enough is enough. Now, President Biden, obviously, who would like some sort of gun control, there was another shooting. um, I think eight people, I think, uh, died in San Jose in California. Enough, says Joe Biden. Once again, I urge Congress to take immediate action and heed the call of the American people, including the vast number of gun owners, to help end this epidemic of gun violence in America. But nothing will happen, will it? And the people who are responsible for this will blithely go on getting paid a lot of money uh, to be in Congress or to run these gun organisations and not care about the people who are being killed. I'm... You know, I I always really hesitate to predict the future because I found that, uh, especially in things like elections and politics, it's a pretty bad business. But yeah, I mean, this is something that the United States and people in politics and just regular Americans have been talking about for a very long time. And we do have a very um, tragic and unfortunate history of these mass shootings. Um, The flags were already ordered, lowered, I think, um, for victims of gun violence by the time of this last uh, incident in San Jose. Um, I think that change is going to be very incremental. So right now, Joe Biden uh, is talking about measures like uh, controlling what, what are called ghost guns, which are guns that you can make yourself in your home off of uh, instructions and blueprints that you can buy online. Uh, 
And those guns aren't traced. They don't have serial numbers and uh, chain of custody like other guns. But, you know, there have been some advances in the United States. The Brady Bill, for example, um, you know, background checks are becoming much more widely accepted, including among Republicans and uh, other people who might have been resistant to gun control measures. So I, I don't think it'll happen today, but I do think the country is at least more open than it was to hmm. to some measures to control um you know in every uh, other country one thing happens one massacre happens like here in port arthur or christchurch in new zealand one happens and people demand change where are the people marching in the streets for gun control in the u.s because you know americans love protesting against various things we've seen all the the black lives matter protests which are absolutely you know the right thing to do they that that is something that they feel so passionate and strong about and they want something to happen we know about the violence there but what about the people everybody else black white whatever marching protest why don't we see an organized campaign to stop guns well i think that some of the tactics the you know the social change or political change tactics that work for other issues may not work the same way for uh, gun manufacturers. Uh, like, for example, you can't just say you're going to boycott a gun manufacturer. The people who want to buy guns are going to buy them. The people who don't want to buy guns or believe they should be more tightly controlled yeah. are not going to buy them. Maybe. So there's Hang not on. Really... Can I just say, though, but a sporting goods yeah. uh, chain decided we're not going to sell any more of them. I mean, maybe some more shops could stop selling the guns. Now, I know that people buy them at gun fairs and all that sort of stuff, but there is some way of perhaps restricting access to guns by sporting goods manufacturers or stores not selling them. There there have been incidents where some uh, major stores have taken guns off the shelves, at least temporarily, or certain kinds of guns. But again, I mean, look, I'm not arguing that there isn't a problem <laughs> no, with I this in the United yeah. States. Certainly, certainly not. But I do think it's going to be incremental. And I think that the the change is going to end up coming from having the political will among elected officials uh, to do that uh, in places where gun manufacturers have left or been pushed out through um, legislation. The way people do that is through elections. And protesting and marching is very effective in some regards, and, and people may feel like it's a moral imperative. But I think that the real change is going to come when people elect uh, lawmakers and executives that are like-minded to them when it comes to gun control. Except that those congressmen, senators, congresswomen are being bought and paid for by the gun lobby. That is the problem, surely. There have been there have been a lot of unflattering stories about, say, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, and people uh, who were in charge and power there uh, about that. So as some of those organizations, I think, wield less political power or, or people are less interested in, in teaming up with them, you know, you may see some change there as well. But again, really... Um, whatever you think about it, really have to say it is going to be incremental change. There's not one incident that's going to change everything. Okay, and Celeste is our guest in Boston. Now, one of the hallmarks, I suppose, of the Trump presidency was his encouragement of uh, conspiracy theories and all that sort of thing in many, many areas, not just, you know, about the virus. Now the story is starting to unfold that maybe it's quite possible that the virus didn't come through an animal and then through the wet markets and all that, but possibly did get out of that lab, the 
Virology Institute in Wuhan. Maybe. We don't know yet. And one of the reasons we don't know is the Chinese really don't allow people in to look into it. But that's what President Trump had been saying. Now, he he was kind of finessing it in a bit of a conspiratorial way that the Chinese deliberately did it. It may have been accidental. But where are we up to now? Where's the government in accepting that idea? Well, the president has asked the intelligence community to investigate uh, to try to get closer to what he's calling a more, quote unquote, definitive conclusion on how this pandemic started. And that includes investigating and examining whether this could have been a lab accident. And you're right. There was certainly a lot of uh, a lot of messaging from President Trump about how this was something that was sort of escaped from a lab and, and allowed to go around the world and kill people. And, you know, certainly there's a political dimension to him sort of leaning into that theory or that narrative. But um, even Dr. Fauci has said, we don't know uh, 100% for sure how this happened. And it is worth investigating. And I think certainly, um, you know, at the beginning, a lot of people, including in the medical community said, you know, that's outrageous. We know that viruses can be transmitted from animals to humans. And uh, that's been some, you know, a source of, uh, of interest and a, a topic of scientific study for a very long time. Like we know those things are true. And that's much likelier the reason um, why this pandemic got started. But we don't know for sure. So we're going to ask the questions. That's what Biden is saying. He wants to know, um, he wants some sort of information in about 90 days. Okay. Um, Speaking of the former president, uh, is he going to end up in court at some point? It is possible. I mean, right now uh, we know that a grand jury has been, uh, uh, you know, convened that there will be one witness has been asked to prepare some sort of testimony you know grand jury proceedings are not public so there's limited information about that but if they are looking at a prosecution of some kind of somebody close to trump or of his businesses or potentially even of uh the former president himself yeah i mean it's it's possible i can't i can't call it right now but um the New York, uh, New York State Attorney General and the Manhattan District Attorney have joined forces, which is kind of unusual. They're usually kind of rivals. So it's actually pretty unusual and interesting that they are working on this together. But uh, if the president thought he was going to walk away from uh, the Oval Office and go back to just being a private citizen without having to worry about this stuff, uh, it turns out that wasn't the case. It's interesting. I'm not sure if you are aware of this theory as well, that Jeff Bezos, uh, who owns Amazon, wants to buy MGM, the movie studio. And you would think, yeah, of course, Amazon uh, release a lot of um, movies. They can sell them on their website. They can uh, you know, stream them on Amazon Prime and all that. But the theory that I saw, I think from Stephen Colbert and others, is that they also own MGM holds the outtakes from The Apprentice. So ah. anything that uh, President Trump, that well, he wasn't president then, of course, um, said, you know, using the, what, the N-word, the R-word, all sorts of words, uh, all of a sudden one of his bet noirs, Jeff Bezos, will be the owner of those. What do you make of that theory? <laughs> I... Uh... Well, I'm I'm sure there are, there's a lot of interesting material on the the cutting room floor. Donald Trump is a, a colorful guy. If he doesn't uh, say things outright, he's a very very good master of uh, insinuating things. Um, but you know, for for this this particular case, from what they're looking at, I think that they're more looking at um, tax 
uh, matters, banking, financial structures, and and things like that. And there are certainly a lot of other people besides, uh, you know, Bezos that uh, have an interest in Trump. Most notably, I think we've talked about before, Michael Cohen, his former personal attorney, somebody that I've dealt with uh, many, many times over the years as a reporter. There are people out there who know things about Trump, who have information, who have records, who have uh, recordings. You know, Donald Trump is not a guy who's been uh, living under a rock for the last uh, 70 something years. He's been out and about and uh, people have information on him. People have goods on him or receipts, whatever the, the kids call it these days. Um, and a lot of that stuff can can come out. There's no way he can suppress all of it. He has been quiet lately. I mean, no, he pops up from time to time. But i got to say, since he well, lost the election and then after that, and of course, after Biden took office, Trump has been pretty quiet, hasn't he? Well, some of that by design, since he's been kicked off a lot yeah. of major social media platforms that, that served as his megaphone. He has been, uh, he has a website. Uh, I've been getting, I sign up for text messages from all the campaigns and all the politicians. Oh, so I've been thing. getting text. I do. Well, you know, it's a part of, part of the job, yeah. occupational hazard, but I have been getting text messages about Trump rally, you know, in yeah. the future coming up ahead. So oh. uh, you know, we'll see probably on election time. Yeah. Good luck uh, seeing any in Massachusetts, but Massachusetts <laughs> is the healthiest state in the union which is pretty good. I feel great. <laughs> I, feel uh, I think that is uh, good news. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a survey out about this uh, just this week. It's uh, done by a company called ShareCare, which is a digital health company. And uh, Boston University is a school of public health. And uh, in 2020, supposedly, we were the top state in community well-being. And then there were a bunch of other states that... Uh, didn't do so well. So it's not so much necessarily that Massachusetts get like, um, you know, fewer colds or something like that, I don't think, but it's sort of more a sense of, um, it's a, it's a, you know, they factor in a bunch of stuff, physical health, socializing, finances, housing, just sort of the general sense of, of living well or well-being. So Massachusetts was at the top of the list, finally beat out Hawaii on that one. And then obviously some other people did not rank quite as high oh dear oh dear what i mean do i know what the worst state in the union is i mean it's bound to be oh. mississippi or alabama isn't it ah we have a winner <laughs> you should compete in your own contest we have a winner um mississippi was the uh last ranking the last 10 were indiana tennessee yeah. louisiana alabama oklahoma kentucky west virginia new mexico arkansas and mississippi i think and we may have discussed this in the past that they reckon the state motto of Alabama is "Thank God for Mississippi" because it will always <laughs> it was all it will always rank lower than Alabama, and Alabama usually ranks forty ninth in all these sorts of things. Mm. Okay, I mean I, I I know that Hawaii is ranked you know obviously very well, but it's beautiful, sunny and all that. But like it gets very cold in Massachusetts in winter, and not only in winter, but you get a lot of snow there. You know, like what does that do for people's well being? Uh, well, you know, I think that people people can get used to anything, and Massachusetts, you know, are people are very accustomed to, uh, you know, to the cold and the blizzards and the nor'easters and the snowstorms. But you know, we compensate for it. Like you can go live in a state like uh, Florida, for example, and you can have 
uh, tropical weather all year round, but you don't get the really vivid, like the leaf changes, the foliage. Uh, you don't get to enjoy that sort of, you know, first breath of spring in the same way. Uh, it's it's a more even keeled climate, uh, but here we have we have a little more drama, and uh, some of us, including me, actually like that. Absolutely, indeed. Celeste, stay well. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Or, in fact, yeah, we may talk to you even more recently than that. Uh, sooner than that, I might email you about that. Celeste, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Celeste Katz in Boston.